0: This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today's episode is it's time for a change. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you a painful lesson that has shown that I must change and ask you where the same is true in your life. So if you have not yet been to Ohio in late November, early December, I beg you to find a flight that's way too expensive, that has no direct connections, check out the accommodations that don't really exist, and make your way to Columbus. I say that to you because we have this incredibly overcast, dark gray sky that almost never goes away. It becomes bitterly cold, and we consistently have this unique mix of snow, rain, ice. It's almost like you know, rolling the dice, not not knowing exactly what number is going to come up, but you know, no matter what number comes up, you're not going to like it. That's really what exists in Ohio from mid-November until early March. That's the seasonality of I can't even call it the Midwest. I'll just say Columbus. This seasonality presents some unique options or lack of options for me. See, it may be a surprise to you, but I have enjoyed cars for as long as I can remember. Like a really long time. I remember when I was young, growing up in, in the little town of East Aurora, New York, having all my Matchbox cars outside on our poured cement. Two, it had two stairs you had to walk up to front porch. And I would you know, race these little Matchbox cars around and then ramp them off into our driveway. And just loved cars. Hence, why I eventually got in the automotive industry. This automotive industry, I sold cars. Right? Maybe a, not a maybe. I eventually ran car dealerships. Uh, would have been the general sales manager of a couple. I had a great career in the car car business. Then, once I started accumulating a different level of wealth or abundance or what I would re- have referred to as success, I started buying my own cars. See, in the dealership world, I got to have a demo. And those of you that might not be, or if you're not familiar with what the word demo means, I got to take a license plate that had the dealer's number on the back, whatever the dealership, every dealership has a four-digit number in the state of Ohio. And I got to put it on the back of the car. Any car on the lot, I could put my plate on the back of and drive it home. And at the first dealer group I was a part of in Columbus, I was able to with a $2.5 million, maybe it was $2 million checkbook, go out and buy any car I wanted for inventory in the pre-owned world and put my plate on the back. So it was like a kid in a candy store. Can you imagine? You have an endless checkbook. As long as you don't lose a bunch of money buying and selling these cars, you can do anything you want to. So any car that you have ever imagined wanting to drive, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity. G-wagons and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Rolls Royce and Bentleys. Like, name a car. Like, literally, if you can name it, I guarantee that my egocentric personality was going out and buying and then driving these cars. All of this matters little other than the fact of once that stopped and I started acquiring my own wealth, of course the first thing I did was go out and buy cars. Like, full-size Range Rovers and Corvettes and... M5 Mercedes, or M5 BMWs. Again, I, I know in past episodes I've shared a lot of this before. But what's happened, even as I went through the lowest parts in my life and had my truck repossessed, I still loved cars, right? It didn't change. And so I would go and I would cruise Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, like relentlessly, daily. I would spend hours every day looking for three and $4,000 cars that I could buy and drive and hopefully not have to put a bunch of money into, maybe clean them up, make them a little more presentable and sell them after four or five months and hopefully get my money back out of them. All in all, a pretty revenue-neutral proposition. Now, I would love to say this because I was so thrifty. I would love to say because it's a genius business plan that I'm flipping cars and doing all this stuff. The sheer facts of life were or are that I was too broke to afford something different and by having a truck repossessed i could not go out and get a loan for anything nor would i want one at this point if i can't pay cash for it i don't really need it It it's a very humbling thing to get to say out loud especially when you like very expensive cars so we move forward and after flipping in and out of cars that I probably change cars more often than you might change workout shoes. I land on a couple cars that are good. You know, we go from four and five thousand dollar cars to cars that are now back up to a little bit more expensive price point. And I can't help myself as fall sets in, actually mid summer, maybe early fall, I start reminiscing about high horsepower Mercedes products. And these high horsepower mercedes products are amg based products it's it's a sub-tier of how mercedes are built it's, it's hand-built engines really the, the cream of the crop and a friend of mine actually manages the inventory for a local car dealership i call him periodically and say hey man do you have anything that's maybe a little edgy got a little miles on it something that doesn't really make sense for the average person but because i know cars and love cars like i don't care about miles so much because as long as a, a european car has a good service history I don't have to worry about it. I don't keep cars for 10 years. I keep them for, you know, not even 10 months. Like we're talking three or four months most of the time. He says, Yeah, you know, I have an AMG product. I got something that I think will make a lot of sense to you. Come in and take a look at it. So, spur of the moment, go in on a Saturday, bring the wife with me, and we end up trading in my primary car for this high horsepower rear wheel drive AMG. And it's incredible. Like, I love it. Like, big grin on my face every time. Already burn off a set of tires, like, out of control. Like, 560 horsepower, I think. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Like, the the car is a monster sedan that is incredibly quick. Now, I might have forgotten to tell you it's a rear-wheel drive car with a lot of torque and sport-rated tires. Well... We'll go back to the first part of the episode and how I said that you should come to Columbus in November and December because it's icy and snowy and rainy and cold and miserable. Yeah, that, that actually has started to come true because here we are basically December 1st, and that's what's going on. And so the first snowfall of the year, actually it's an ice, I call it an ice storm, and storm is a little over-exaggeration. I come out, so my wife and I have a, a two-car garage. And she has a, a much nicer car than I have, and her car sits in the garage. And then our daughter's stuff sits in the second half of the garage, and motorcycles and toys that we have. But really, my car has sat outside for as long as I can remember, fully transparently. When I had my pickup truck, I was parking in the, dra- in the garage, and this thing was a, you know, a crew cab diesel long bed, like it barely fit in on both sides. And we opened the garage where Lindsay and I hop in the car to go somewhere. At that point, both of our cars were in the garage. Open the garage door, put the truck in reverse, and start backing out. Not flooring it, radio's not on, not having conversation. It's got a backup camera there's nothing behind me. And all of a sudden, there's this atrocious crash. And that crash was actually, the garage door for some reason stopped without going all the way up and hit the top of the the truck bed, like the top of the the cab. And literally just, I ripped off the garage door. So this is a point (laughs) to take you back there. Now that I'm reminiscing about the story, where internally I know I'm going broke, don't have any money. Got this nice truck that I'm still proud of, love driving it. And now I have to find money to pay for a garage door because we can't put the garage door up and down. Like it's, the garage door is shot, like I ripped it off the rails. Truck is okay, it's manageable, but we put the garage door down. Wife laughs at me, everything's all well and good. But after that, her and I basically made a pact with one another that especially since I had that truck, I would just leave it outside. There's really no point to try to pull it in the garage. That was four plus years ago and still live in the same way. I still, I still park outside. And so I come outside a morning last week and the car is just covered in ice. Like I can't even open the door because ice has just encapsulated the entire vehicle. Same thing with the driveway. Same thing with everything. And so, of course, I get an ice scraper out and scrape off the window, scrape off the door, turn on the car, turn on the heated seats, all the fun stuff, right? I'm I'm in the car. I'm like, I got this. So I go, no surprise to you if you've listened for quite some time, I drive to the boxing gym every morning. This drive, at worst case, is 17 minutes. This particular morning, with the ice and the lack of traction in my car, it takes me 42 minutes. And not because traffic was bad not because there were accidents, but because I physically couldn't get the car to move in most situations. It would just sit there and spin its tires. It's comical to me and it's comical to me because I had been saying to my boxing coach, to the guys at the office, to my wife, you know, as winter comes, I need to get rid of this car or at least go get like a, an inexpensive four wheel drive car. Cause I don't really want to be trapped in this thing. Well, nobody held me up from doing that. I I have the resources if I needed to, to go out and acquire a new car, not still not going to finance anything, but it just didn't happen and it didn't happen. I kept making an excuse like I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. That's oh, not that important. I got other stuff to do this weekend. The excuses just keep piling up until there's not time for more excuses and the not time is the 40 minute drive to a gym that's 17 minutes away and we're able to laugh about it, right? Cause it's not that important. I don't get in an accident. It's just time right? And I don't get to box for as long in the morning. And by the time the salt crews get out and the sun comes out a little bit, the ice melts because the ground's still not that cold yet in Columbus. But all this shows me is that I had spoken it was time for a change for quite some time. Right? Like I knew it. I knew I was going to have to make a move in order to make this actually happen and continue forward, but I didn't make the move at all. Then not making that move, not making a transition, not honoring what I knew I needed to honor, came up and bit me in the rear end. And it made me think for a second, like how many other times in my own life had I done that? Like had I said I needed to do something, had I said I need to get around to it, had I said I can make this happen, and then I took no action. I stopped counting after 20 things, and I think that was only in the past month. Like I realize it's a deficiency. It's something inside of me that that five second rule of knowing you need to do something then taking some sort of meaningful and impactful action inside the first five seconds, I still don't have that mastered. Now granted, something like getting rid of a car is a much more difficult thing. Like certainly when I realized I wanted something new, I reached out to everybody I know in the automotive world and asked them if they had an inexpensive four-wheel drive car because that's what I'm going to need. Ohio in the winter, my car will just simply not go anywhere. And I actually like coming to the office. This commitment that I made to have a podcast today is something I'm going to honor. And I can't do that from home. I have to get here. So where in your life are you not honoring that it's time for a change? I believe for many of us, especially at this time of year, maybe in your own life, it's your body. Where you realize that your pants are fitting you a little more snug than you'd like. Your shirts don't quite hug the curves in the way that you want them to. You don't have the energy you once had. You don't have the motivation. You don't have the muscle mass you used to have or the tightness to your your body overall. And you keep saying over and over again, I'll get around to it. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go. I'm going to eat better next week. Monday, my diet starts. How many of these sound familiar to you? How many of these have you said to yourself at some point in the past six months? Those are all signs it's actually time for a change. Think about your relationship. If you were like me, I was in relationships that weren't ultimately serving me. Maybe yourself, maybe your relationship is not mad, bad. Maybe it's not broken. Maybe it's not catastrophic. But you realize that something has to move. Something has to change. Because if it doesn't change, you're not going to progress forward as a couple. And you're going to be forced to come up with this choice to either get married to someone you're not sure about or break their heart later in the future. And you're not honoring the fact it could be time for change right now. Same thing will pro- apply to your business life. I know with almost complete certainty that you are working in an environment that you don't feel fulfilled. I know that because statistically, 95% of America is not working in or on their purpose. They're working for a paycheck and I get it truly hundred percent. But by the very nature of that conversation, there has to be a part of you that is firing off right now being like, how do I just start? I want to do something different. I know it's time for a change, but I'm afraid because, because of the money because of the uncertainty, because of the lack of a plan, all those things can be solved with some help. It's not as complicated as you make it out to be. You just can't see the forest through the trees, and I get it because none of us can. But what I'll share with you is when you start to finally get to the point that you say it's time for a change, and then you actually take an action to change what you don't like, what doesn't serve you, every day going forward, you'll end up getting shits done.